Welcome to the New Beginnings Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit our Facebook page. Now let's tune in to this week's message. We want to welcome you to the Wednesday Night Bible Study here at New Beginnings Church. I'm Pastor Paul. This is my wife, Anne. And uh, we're here to be studying the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. And we're down at the fourth one. And in Matthew 27, 46, it says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? These words are so hurtful, I guess. In the times of our lives, we don't want to be forsaken. And uh, so there's a lot of things we want to talk about tonight. And maybe we can pull some life out of this. Uh, to understand the things that someone's going through. So let's just open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the scriptures. We thank you for Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And we pray you give us insight. Uh, open our hearts and our minds to these scriptures and help us to understand the things that you're saying from the cross because your words are life. They are spirit and they are life. So help us to understand these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the word forsaken means to be really left alone. Uh, somebody gave this uh, incident. He passed through a city. It was totally deserted, probably something like out west, and it's just devastated. It's gone. It's a forsaken city. And so a lot of, a lot of things happen when we think about the word forsaken. A man forsaken of his friends. Uh, a wife is forsaken of her husband. The children is forsaken of their parents, uh, a creature uh, forsaken by its creator, man forsaken of God. Those are the very frightful things. In Psalms 42, verse 1, it says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my heart after thee, O God. I believe in all of our lives we have a desire to meet God. We have a desire for God. And when we're speaking about Jesus Christ, we know that he was, he was, he was in, in tune with God. He had a desire for God in all things. And uh, we don't want God to hide his face from us. So we find that there are things that have happened through Jesus in the suffering that he did for us that we can t sometimes feel like we're forsaken. Have you ever felt yes. like you're forsaken? Yes. And that's probably the loneliest part of our life. You know, it could be, you know, maybe in the hospital right now with the, the virus is going around. They won't let anybody in to see their loved one. And to think about somebody that is, that is sick, they're trying to hang on, they're trying to fight, and yet you can't go in and see them, they can feel forsaken. Yes. Even though you have doctors and nurses, it's not like somebody who loves you. You know, there's a difference. Yes, and uh, so in the scripture, the talk that in Proverbs talks about that he was his daily delight uh, his own joy was to behold the Father's countenance. The Father's presence had been his home. Uh, the Father's, uh, he was in the Father's dwelling place. The, the Father's glory he shared before the beginning of the world. During the 33 years that Jesus was on the earth, he uh, enjoyed an unbroken communion with the Father. Wow, that's really awesome. Never thought of being, out of being out of harmony with God, with his mind. Uh, never, never had violated any of the, the, the things of God's will. Uh, never spent a moment out of his conscious presence. Yeah, I, I can't say that. 
I can't say that in my life. I get busy about other things, and sometimes we forget about what we're doing. Uh, but we must uh, understand that it's he, where he was forsaken uh, now by God, and God was seemed like God was hiding His face from him. The words are also uh, unequal, and they mark the climax of his suffering. The soldiers had cruelly mocked him. They arrayed him with a crown of thorns. They had scourged him. They buffeted him. Uh, they went as far as spit on him and plucked out his hair on his face. Uh, they spoiled him in his garments, and they put him to an open shame. You know, they didn't put him on the cross with a loincloth. Yet he suffered it all with silence. Never said a word, never came back against them. They pierced his hands and his feet, and yet he endured the cross, despising the shame. Because there's a shame that goes with that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Surely this is a cry that could melt the heart, heart of any father, any mother. And Jesus' mother was there, yet she was silent too this whole time. We had talked about her last week. Uh, there's some deepness of this mystery of the, of the words that Jesus says. I believe as the suffering lamb of God, uh, suffering for humanity, he cries the deepest cry because sometimes in our heart, in our life, there's a cry we can't even utter and we think God has forsaken us. Yes. You know, we, we find this out and we feel like he was abandoned, abandoned by God. But we also uh, find out that he, he spoke to the he, he spoke to God and asked God to forgive them, forgive everybody on the, on the, around them for they know not what they do. He opened his mouth again to the repentant thief and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He uh, moved his lips once more and took care of his mother and John. He opened his mouth to cry to God and, and David said this in the oldies, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Never. But here we behold the righteous one seemingly, seemingly forsaken. There's sometimes, I guess maybe I'll just bring this to our lives, and sometimes as a parent, we suffer for our children, but there was no help that we can give them. And God the Father was suffering, but he couldn't help his son because this was the plan. This had to be done. I don't think you and I would like the way it was done, but it had to be done. It had to be done for us. We find, too, that God is inflexible in this situation. He didn't bestow mercy on him or shorten his time, so to speak. He was there for six hours suffering. I like the, the number six as far as because it talks about man. So he, he suffered for every hour for man. Every thought we now bring into captivity of Christ, the Bible says, and that our hearts may be come together to, to see what God is doing. We see sin here is an awful, sin is awful, and the wages of sin is horrible. Uh, the depravity of the human heart is hatred of God. It really is. It's base gratitude. It's loving the darkness rather than the light. There's a preference of a murderer for the prince of life. They get asked for Barabbas. It's a fearful display, an awful character of the devil. His hostility against God. 
this insangible enemy against Christ has put, has put uh, his power was put into the heart of man to betray the Savior. And that's what happened to Judas. Yeah. I, I can't, you know, when we think about Satan being kicked out of heaven, he did it on his, he did it because he disobeyed God. He, he got haughty, he got heady, high-minded, he got prideful. He suffers the judgment that is there, that was due him, and yet he's mad at God. He should be mad at himself, but he's, he's mad at all of God's creation, mankind. So we, we have to understand that, there, that God is doing some awesome things here. The climax of the cross was crucifying the Son of God. In Romans 6.23, it says, The wages of sin is death. And if Jesus took our sins upon him, then he became, well, in the Old Testament, the lamb that took the sin of the, of the person that laid his hands on him and said, I commit my sin to this lamb. And that lamb died for the man, and man could go free. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is doing. But death entered into this world by one man. Sin entered the world, and death, and death, so by sin. So death passed to all men for all of sin. But we understand that Jesus came to deliver us of those things. So he became sin. Every sin that was created by man or the devil from that time past and that time forward. Mm -hmm. And we realize the depravity of man that have come all these centuries later that has worked against humanity. Okay? Here's a couple of different viewpoints. Somebody writes this and we copied them out and it said, at the cross, man did a work. He displayed his depravity by taking the perfect one with wicked hands and nailing him to the cross. At the cross, Satan did a work. He manifested his, his un, unmanageable desire against the woman's seed bruising his heel. At the cross, the Lord Jesus did a work. He died, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. At the cross, God did a work. He exhibited his holiness and satisfied his justice by pouring out his wrath on the one who has made sin for us, Jesus Christ. It's hard for us to imagine that God would allow this to happen to us or to him, but it was for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You know, in that scripture, I keep reading that in my head, that scripture is what Jesus quoted. It's not what God said to the to anybody. Jesus said, "My this is what my father, my God so loved the world that He gave me. He gave me for the world." We see also just before the he goes to the crucifixion, before the trial, he goes to Gethsemane. Just a reflection, just a moment on that, that he could, he he's there to begin to see what is about to happen. He sees the approach to the cross. The horizon is darkened before him. He remembers his earliest infancy where he suffered from man. He wanted to kill him. The beginning of his public ministry, he suffered from Satan. But at the cross, he was to suffer at the hand of God. Jehovah himself was to bruise the Savior. And this is what overshadowed everything else. Isaiah 53. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. He became the sin bearer for us. Your sins and my sins. That's what he's done. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I remembered this scripture, but I couldn't remember where it was, so I looked it up in a concordance. And it was Paul that was, spoke this to the Hebrews, and he, he writes this in the last part of uh, verse 5 in uh, chapter 13. He said, that Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew what it was to be forsaken. And what he did was to realize the pain, the anguish that goes on, the, 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 what it means to be uh, left behind. And Jesus then suffered for us. But he said, You'll, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, there are times that I feel like God is not with me. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's more like I'm not with God. You see, we have to come to that place of admitting, I might have stepped out of the way. I might have stepped off the path that he had for me. So we're going to let my wife, Sister Ann, finish up this teaching. Okay. Under the words of my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Here our Savior had nothing but his faith. And there's times in our life when we have to stand on our faith, uh, not on what's going on. We know what the Lord has said. His position uh, on the cross was absolutely unique. Jesus said in John 11:42, I know that thou hearest me always. We know that when we speak, our Lord hears us. There is no doubt there. Amen. And uh, we have to have confidence in that. And Jesus had confidence totally in that. And John 8:29, Father has not left me alone. He said, as pastor said, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. He, we have to have this down in our souls so when circumstances around us look like it, we know that's a lie because our God does stay with us and he does hear us when we speak to him. Now, uh, remember, this was a cry of distress, not of distrust. Oh, that's good. He never distrusted that's really good. Uh, his father. And uh, now Jesus Thank rests Jesus. upon his father's covenant and his father's promises. We have to rest upon the words covenant and promises. When we go through times, we quote the promises of the Lord. And if you haven't studied the word where you know the promises of God, there are little books out there, maybe 50 pages, just small little pamphlets that have the promises of God. And you need to know them because when we go through hard times, These are the promises that we need to stand on no matter what. God's word does not fail. Remember in his darkest moment, his faith triumphed. He still said, my God. That is really something to think about. A lot of times we go through stuff and we think that we're all alone and we can't go to church and we can't talk to the saints and we can my God you know he is my God so his covenant and his promises are true to us 
because we are his and he is mine. Amen. We sing a song in the church that says, the king loves me and I love him. Mm. And I just love that song. It always makes me feel strong. So his faith triumph. Uh, I lean on thee. You know, he was telling the Lord, my God, I lean totally on thee. Mm. When all visible and sensible comforts disappear, now our invisible support, our refuge takes over. We have an invisible strength that comes from the Lord. And it says in the word that even a cloud of uh, saints surround us and are cheering us on. So we know we can make it through hard times. It is easy to trust God when the sun is shining, but our, our test comes when all is dark. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. And John 15.13 uh, says, greater hath no love than this. And we know what our Lord did for us. Where sin had brought men, love brought the Savior. Amen. Amen. But the word is true. The serpent lied. He's always been a liar. He lied to Eve. Thou shalt not surely die. I don't see Eve around us today. She did die. And uh, we, we got to remember, he suffered in our stead. He saved his people thus. The curse that fell upon his head was due by rights to us. The storm that bowed his blessed head is hushed forever now, and rest divine is mine instead, while glory crowns his brow. So in John 3:36, thy word is true. He that believeth not in the Son shall not see life everlasting his word is true Jesus is the door he is the only way we must go through him and the words my God my God why hast thou forsaken me here was a cry of desolation and believers may you never echo it listener here is a cry of separation listener may you never experience it here was a cry of expiration, and listener, listener, may you appropriate its saying virtues for yourself. Amen. So we have to remember that when all seems dark, get your eyes off of what is around and put your faith in the Lord, put your trust in him, and he will see you through. We don't need the medication. We don't need this or that. We need the Lord to get us through. And next week's our study is going to be on I thirst. And it is a good study. It'll be what, the fifth saying? Sixth. Sixth? Yeah, fifth, fifth, fifth. Okay. So this is the fifth saying. So I hope you're enjoying these. It really opened my eyes to uh, different things that the Lord had said. I never really zoned in on what he said from the cross and now it means so much more to me and I hope you go back to the word and read it for yourself and that the Lord opened your eyes to the different sayings that he said for us 
You know, one, one thought too, um, I used this analogy um, from years ago. My son Paul was about 12 and he was playing in the yard, he broke his arm. And uh, I had worked for an ambulance service for a while and I knew that it was broken and I knew they had to set it. So he'd ask me on the way in, Dad, are they gonna have to set my arm, break my arm again? I said, we'll see what the doctor says. And uh, so the doctor took the x-ray and he came back and he said, it's broken, I have to set it and then it'll heal. So I, he said, you're gonna have to hold your son. And I, I said, Paul, look at me. Don't think, pay attention to anything else. Just look at me and I'm gonna hold you. And they set his arm. And I think about what Jesus on the cross, where God is saying, you look at me. There's a lot of pain that's going to happen. Things are going on, but I love you. And we're going to get through this together. It's not anything else being said. And yet it hurt him to get his arm reset. But I can't imagine the pain that Jesus felt when every joint was disjointed in his body when they set him in the cross. The love that God has for Jesus is more than we can comprehend. And I know that there are times that people have said over the years, well, God turned his way, his face away from Jesus because he was sin. Let me tell you something. God has never turned away from us because we sin. He's disappointed in us. He, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not walking around with us. But he never turns from us. Jesus never turned from sin. When people came to him for healing or help, they were sinners, but he never rejected them. He never turned them away. God is not turning us away. He's drawing us by his spirit, saying, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And we're heavy laden with sin. It's not just a workload that we have around around our jobs, but we're heavy laden with sin. Come to Jesus. He knows what we need of. So we have this announcement for you too. This Sunday, we will be having church in our parking lot this Sunday. Uh, we pray for a, a nice weather. We're hoping to get a, a trailer that we can put a, a, be up on the ground a little bit. We'll have special parking. We need you to stay in the cars. You've heard the announcement from Pastor Matt and Sister Jen. Uh, come as you are, stay in the car. <laughs> and uh, and but, we have gift bags for the children. And we have gift bags for the children. So. Please come and enjoy the service, and we want to see your face. And uh, you can be unmasked in the car. That's okay. Uh, but we're not going to be. We'll try to keep the social distancing. And we're just looking for the day that we can return to normality of some kind and uh, come to that place that we can get together again. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Why don't you pray? Huh? Lord, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for this word. And I ta- pray it just take root in everybody, Lord. Open our eyes that we may see you, Lord, and open our ears that we may hear your word. And I thank you, Lord, and I thank you for the victory that we're coming to and coming over all this. In your name, Jesus, we pray, and we lift your name up. Amen. 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 God bless you. Wave. Shake hands with somebody, and we'll see you soon.